Welcome to Complex Chats, a podcast about current affairs, culture, and politics. We hope to give you insightful, intuitive, and thought-provoking content. Stay tuned. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Complex Chats. Our episode today will be about gender-based violence, and we will be specifically talking about the three bills that were passed in Parliament last September. The first is the amended criminal law of sexual offences and related matters. Amendment Act 32 of 2007 creates a new offence of sexual intimidation and extends the reporting duty of persons who suspect a sexual offence has been committed against a child. The amendment expands the scope of the National Register of Sex Offenders to include the particulars of all sex offenders. Before this, only applied to sex offenders convicted of sex crimes can perpetrated against children or persons with mental disabilities. The time an offender's particulars must remain on the register have been also increased. And those on the register will have to disclose this when they submit an application to work with persons who are vulnerable. The bill also makes provision for the name of the person on the National Register of Sex Offenders to be publicly made available. The second Criminal and Related Matters Amendment Bill 17 of 2020, which will tighten the granting of bail of perpetrators of gender-based violence and femicide and expands offences for which minimum sentences must be imposed unless a person is accused of gender-based violence can provide exceptional circumstances why they should be released on bail, the courts must order their detention until the criminal proceedings are concluded. The third, to tighten the provision of domestic violence, Act 116 of 1998, the bill extends the protection of older persons against abuse by family members. Complainants will be uh, able to apply for protection orders online to prevent a scenario where perpetrators can hide past histories of domestic violence on integrating repository of protection order will be established. Um, Yeah, those are the three bills that Parliament had passed in September 2020. Yes, and as Olufe has mentioned, the three bills that were passed by our president last year on the 7th of September one of them being the national the scope of the national registry for sex offenders which would be expanded to include the details of all sex offenders and which would be made available to the general public however the registry is not available to the general public and is kept confidential um, anyone guilty of sex sexual offense against children and mentally disabled people is put on the register any employee in the public or private sector working with children or mentally disabled persons can apply for a certificate for the register um, which include licensing authorities 
um, any organization in which children and members and an employee in respect of the name of being on the register can apply to see the register. It can also be accessed by an individual applying for a clearance certificate in terms of his or her own case. Now, this is not very beneficial to the general public of Southern Africans because personally, as women, we had been fighting for the registry to be available to everyone, not just for special cases, because it really does not help much if it is not given to each and every single woman in South Africa. We all need to have access to it because in cases such as the tragic case of Uinene, where she went to the post office and it, we've later found out after the tragic after her tragic death, that that man that was working there was actually an ex-sex offender. So I would like to believe that maybe had someone known that he was a sex offender, then maybe Uyinenim would still be alive today. Yeah, that is so true, especially because in South Africa, gender-based violence has been declared a second pandemic to COVID-19. And uh, at current, the bill, the register only ensures that offenders do not work with children. But clearly, not only children and people with mental disabilities are vulnerable in the case of South Africa. And that is why the, the register needs to be made available to everyone because even interacting with people who had been convicted of pre-crimes is dangerous because the the perpetrators never get rehabilitated and properly integrated into society. So they still carry the same attitude they had when they committed their first crime and therefore are, are most likely to commit the crime again, like in the case of the man that raped and murdered and had maybe we had a register that was available to the public, maybe the person, a, a register that is available to the public and also stipulates that not only children are vulnerable. Maybe we would have had a case where that man was first of all convicted for his first crime and rehabilitated and therefore would not be in a position to commit the crime again and therefore a life would have been saved and it applies to many cases not only the case of the young lady but in in many cases we find that sex criminals are not only are not first-time offenders they do it again and again and again and it is the system that protects them because I, I understand that the reasons for government not initially making the register available to the general public was that they did not want people to go on witch hunts. But um, when the numbers of domestic violence are so high, you, you can risk a witch hunt but you can't risk a life because even in the case where victims are not murdered, a victim of domestic violence 
suffers from a lot of trauma that essentially takes their whole life away from them and that mm. those that time healing and that effort and money that goes into the healing is all lost for something that could have been prevented from the start you know yes definitely exactly so i i do feel like our president honestly needs to reconsider this and make it available to the general public because also another thing things can happen they another thing that can happen is that maybe the a, a specific area or community gets frustrated because you know they they suspect someone is a sex offender or something and then they go on a witch hunt. They can still go on witch hunts. There's like no guarantee that if the registry is not open to the general public and even these special cases, those people who still have access to those files can still, you know, spread the word and say, okay, this person is on this registry and whatnot. And those can still happen. And I don't know why in South Africa we are always protecting criminals. Our government is always prioritizing the safety of criminals True. like how is True. the safety of these sex offenders more important than the lives of the women in south africa because we can see that gender-based violence crimes are increasing rapidly in south africa we are literally the capital we are the hot spots of gender-based violence in the world we are number one and for our government to be siding with sex offenders i don't think that's the approach that we really need true and um to add fuel to the fire uh, this week, schools in the country have opened and the, the Minister of Basic Education, Uenji Muteha, had been addressing a group of students and said to them that educated men do not rape. And I found her statement very, very reckless. I thought... What a reckless thing to say as a leader in this country where, firstly, government is failing to combat gender-based violence and is failing to take fast action towards it. So her making that statement further drives the, the idea in me that government really does is not informed about gender-based violence statistics in this country is not aware of how bad the situation is because they are always locked away in their mansions. Her statement is so irresponsible because recently on the news there was a story about a child that had been allegedly raped by a teacher. So giving light to this type of statement is honestly discouraging to that child. Imagine what that child is going through, seeing the, the minister of basic education standing in front of kids and telling them that educated men um, don't rape. So she's basically implying. So then it means that when faced with allegations, Mutseche um, would have thought the child is lying. Obviously, obviously. And it's reckless, for her to say that because it's, it has been found on numerous occasions that teachers have been accused of sexually harassing students and not even only teachers, a lot of working professionals in the country have been um, abusive towards women, they have been sexually harassing women and have been sometimes convicted of those crimes 
And it just shows you how ignorant she is as a leader in the country. And you would think that because she is the leader of basic education, she would be in the know of everything that has, uh, that has an effect on the school child. Exactly. And also another thing, her being the Minister of Basic Education, she is well aware that the South African curriculum does not cover rape and consent or date rape or any type of sexual assault. It does not cover that in the syllabus of our South African schools. So it's also very irresponsible for her to say an uneducated man will, will not rape. When it, in her educational department, these kids who are under her department aren't being taught about rape true and more than just being taught about rape the south african curriculum does not teach people on how to firstly how consent what consent is and how it works and how it doesn't empower their students because the south africa is a very patriarchal society and therefore men have economic power they have a lot of authority over children over girls over women and that allows them to be sexual offenders towards them it allows them to sexually harass assault molest and and all those kinds of things to them because the the average South African men who is educated has power over people and that power they are never taught how to exercise it correctly and they always feel the need to assert their masculinity in a toxic and hurtful manner. Exactly and especially now that there's a culture of children specifically girls mostly that actually get blesses and sugar daddies for financial support which end up being in very abusive sexually and physically abusive relationships with these men true and it it it's all in the education system had the education system been a system that empowers a female child and teaches the society on how to treat an empowered woman and also treats men who are already empowered how to handle that empowerment, then we wouldn't be in this case. And it angers me when a, a minister of basic education says that educated men do not rape because educated men are not educated on issues of domestic violence. They are not educated on I'll say domestic issues. They are only educated on science, on economics, on business, on everything that has to do with books, but they are not educated on things that happen in reality. Exactly. It it and not only was her her statement um irresponsible as the minister of basic education, it was very irresponsible as a woman. For her to stand in front of young kids and say that statement, it is very, very irresponsible, especially in the country that we are living in. It is. And I think maybe she has to, I don't know if 
apologize is the right word to use, but I think she has to be held accountable for such a reckless statement. And it has to be more than just her apologizing for saying such a reckless thing. It has to be something that will actually help gender-based violence in the country because her apologizing will not help. And obviously her apologizing will only come because pressure has been applied and not as a result of her being more informed and maybe more empathetic to victims of rape other than perpetrators. Exactly. It's just a pity that the people who are leading the country are ignorant and they are uneducated. Um, I say uneducated because no matter how much book knowledge you may have, if you do not have knowledge on your society that you exist in, to me, you are an idiot. Because what does it help you to know so much but know so little about the things that happen in the country? Because gender-based violence affects South African school children. And I, I, I will focus on South African school children because that is her jurisdiction as a minister of basic, as, of, of basic education. It affects South African school children. South African school children are raped they are sexually harassed, they are sexually assaulted. They live in homes where domestic violence occurs. They live in homes where their mothers, their sisters, their aunts, whoever is in the home is being beaten, is being raped, or has been murdered. So whatever you teach them at school, if you don't if you if you can't help them out of their situation at home, you do not empower them. And I obviously think in the 27 years of democracy, that is the one failure that our democratic government has had. Definitely, definitely. And I personally feel we honestly, I think she should step down, honestly, in my honest, honest opinion. She must step down as the, Minister of Basic Education because I don't think we can have a leader who thinks in that manner. And also what is what she has said has already been out there. It's already out there. And I feel like for us to be comfortable as the children who are under her departments, I feel like she should just step down completely. She should apologize and then step down from her position because her continuing being in that position will not benefit South Africans in any way. Because even if she does apologize, she will only apologize because, as you said, pressure has been applied. And because now people are saying, okay, what you're saying is wrong. Not because she actually thinks what she said is wrong. So I personally believe she should honestly step down as the Minister of Education. And it should be implemented that all kids in South African schools should be taught about rape and consent. Yeah, but... (laughs) I'm not comfortable with her stepping down because I I am not sure that the next person will do the right thing because firstly, government fails to implement the, the bills that they had promised to do that it had taken them so long to finally take to parliament. And secondly, a person in the cabinet 
says something that is absurd, I think the whole cabinet thinks like that. Every minister in this country or everyone involved in the leadership of this country has no regard of gender-based violence. So I don't think her stepping down will help the situation, really. I I don't know what will help, but definitely it will not be her stepping down. Maybe but also, she can not just sorry, maybe she can restructure the curriculum in such a way that it accommodates to teach about rape, to teach about consent and everything that socially affects the children of this country, you know? Mm -hmm. I I definitely do agree. But also we have to take into account that young kids are looking at this. They're seeing this and for kids that have are are living in abusive situations like in abusive toxic homes or have experienced any type of gender-based violence having that minister still be there it would it's not such an encouraging thing for that child because i mean if a whole minister can say a statement like that and then continue being a minister then it just goes to show that people are not going to be held accountable for their actions in this country because there has to be drastic um, consequences to that because we need to start taking gender-based violence more seriously. Um, I don't believe that she should just get a slap on the wrist. It should be a very... Because she said this in front of kids and she's a minister of education. Do you understand the weight that she holds as the minister of education? True, but I also think... I personally believe this card the slap there is true i also think though if we decide to hold her accountable for saying such things then we should first hold accountable those who fail to make due to their promises because cabinet had promised to to make pass of all these three new bills that had been passed but only two had been done so Before we can call her out on a statement, we have to call people out on action. I think that has more Mm. weight than asking her to step down completely. Because if we have a changed system, it doesn't really matter what people within that system think because law will be applied. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think... That that's just really what we need to do. We have to fix the the things on paper and then get our law enforcement agencies to enforce those things on paper. And hopefully those measures will help e- to combat gender-based violence. Yes, definitely. And only one day we'll live in a society where our government starts protecting women and children and stops protecting perpetrators. Yeah, and before we go, I would like to tell everybody facts they already know about gender-based violence in the country. South Africa is the rape capital of the world. The South African police estimates that a young woman is raped every 36 seconds And by the end of this episode, hundreds or thousands of women will have been raped. A husband or boyfriend kills a woman every six hours in South Africa. 
only one in four reported cases have have are by an intimate partner and rape statistics in this country are not routinely released by the police they are normally re released only after special requests from researchers or journalists and that is why when the whole country was rioting against gender-based violence we started to it started to look as if the stats were rising but in actual fact that has been the constant norm and the stats were only then being recorded. A trade union reported that a child was being raped in South Africa every three minutes. And that is just the, the seriousness of gender-based violence in the country. A lot has been done by the public. We have rioted, we have protested, we have taken to the streets and shut down streets we have prayed and lit candles and made hashtags and poems were written but essentially it is all up to our government and law lawmakers to change the laws that protect people that commit these heinous sex crimes against women and children in the country to make an actual change Exactly. The power is essentially in their hands. Yeah, and that is it for today. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode in Complex Chats. Please don't forget to subscribe so that you can receive notifications whenever we post a new episode. Also, please check out our social media pages at Complex Chats on Instagram and at Chats Complex on Twitter. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to review and rate. Thank you very much. Till next time.